Welcome to the Humanity Matters broadcast. I'm Dr. Philip Fletcher, your host, where we discuss and reflect on theology, philosophy, nonprofit leadership, and social justice. This is the podcast where we wrestle with the important question, what does it mean to be human? Hello, welcome to the Humanity Matters broadcast. I'm Dr. Philip Fletcher, your host, where we discuss and reflect on theology, philosophy, leadership, and nonprofits. We want to engage in asking the question, what does it mean to be human? Today, we're here with the Ujima Network, and we'll be discussing uh, black health in relationship to women who are giving birth and their babies. And we want to open up with a New York Times article that discussed, and the title of that article is, Why America's Black Mothers and Babies Are in a Life or Death Crisis. And this is what they wrote. Black infants in America are now more than twice as likely to die as white infants. 11.3 per 1,000 black babies compared to 4.9 per 1,000 white babies, according to the most recent government data. A racial disparity that is actually wider than in 1850, 15 years before the end of slavery, when most black women were considered chattel. In one year, the racial gap adds up to more than 4,000 lost black babies. Education and income offer little protection. In fact, a black woman with an advanced degree is more likely to lose her baby than a white woman with less than an eighth grade education. This tragedy of black infant mortality is intimately intertwined with another tragedy, a crisis of death and near death in black mothers themselves. The United States is one of only 13 countries in the world where the rate of maternal mortality, that is the death of a woman related to pregnancy or childbirth up to a year after the end of pregnancy, is now worse than it was 25 years ago. Each year, an estimated 700 to 900 maternal deaths occur in the United States. In addition, the CDC reports that more than 50,000 potentially preventable near deaths per year, that's a number that rose nearly 200% from 1993 to 2014, the last year for which statistics are available. Black women are three to four times as likely to die from pregnancy-related causes as their white counterparts, according to the CDC, a disproportionate rate that is higher than that of Mexico, where nearly half the population lives in poverty, and as with infants, the high number for black women drives the national numbers. So, Ladies, describe to us what's a doula. So a doula is basically a servant. Okay. And she's a servant to the pregnant mother. All right. Her job is to serve the mom really before, during, and after pregnancy. Okay. All right. And it's so much more than that. Um, doulas empower the mom to have the birth that they want to have, whatever okay. that may look like. Um, they are there to, some people think of them as a birth coach. Uh Um, They are there to help mom through labor and delivery. Okay. Um, So as far as helping them manage the pain of labor. Okay. um, Even if they're at the hospital, just helping them kind of empower them to have the, make the decisions that they need to make regarding their body and their health. And then afterwards, they're there to help support the mom as she just transitions back home and starting a new life with baby. Okay. So what, is there education that's required to become a doula? What's the process and being a doula? Do you have to go to college? Do you have to go to medical school? Any woman that is interested in serving um, another woman in this capacity is capable to do that. Um, There isn't a um, national or international regulation on doulas. Um, 
many doulas, however, pursue certification and or training through um, maybe larger institutions or even that um, kind of sister to sister um, apprenticeship kind okay. of training. So yes, any woman can be a doula that is interested in doing that. It is ideal to pursue training um, through maybe a national rec nationally recognized um, institution and or uh, a local um, another woman that's doing it. Okay, that's good. So one of you ladies, uh, describe what was your journey becoming a doula? Tell us about yourself, who you are, and how you arrived at wanting to become a doula. Okay, so I'm Amber, okay. and my journey really came with just my own experience with my pregnancies. My first pregnancy, I had a C-section. Um, I wasn't as knowledgeable about my options. I didn't really even know I had those options. Okay. My second pregnancy was around the time that the CDC did a lot of studies with black maternal health and death, and I started just looking into that information, and it really just freaked me out on like a serious level, like I do not want to die having mm -hmm. a baby. Um, so from there, I just kind of started doing research on what could help me, you know, be more knowledgeable and just legit not die. Okay. And I deducted that I needed a doula. Okay. And so from there, I just kind of did some research and I really wanted a black doula since this was like a black woman issue anyway. Okay. And so from having a doula, which was Nicole, um, I just felt like she really helped me. And just steer me in the right direction to kind of advocate for my own self. But as well, she was helping advocate for me as well. Mm -hmm. um, and so from there, I had a totally different birth. I had a vaginal birth, which okay. my doctor led me to believe I couldn't do because I had a C-section. Okay. Um, and just from that experience and just the lack of knowledge that I didn't even know I didn't have, mm -hmm. I decided, you know, I really want to be one of the people who can empower women and help women. And so that's where my journey started in becoming a doula. Okay. What about you, Shai? Um, my journey kind of started like Amber's. It came through experience. Um, I witnessed my first birth at five years old. Okay. And I've always been just kind of intrigued by the whole birthing process. Okay. And then, um, I didn't know what a duel was until like two years ago. I saw Erica Badu post about it and then I looked it up and I'm like, this is what I want to do. And then I ended up moving to Arkansas few months ago and I got hooked up with Nicole and then here I am still learning <laughs> okay <laughs> and it's, right. I think it's a never-ending process and I in it for the long haul yeah. okay good deal what about you Nicole um <clears throat> so I did not know that doulas existed um in my journey I had three children had unmedicated labors in the hospital I felt like my experiences were great and super duper awesome um, and then it, we, our family moved to Arkansas and I had a friend that was doing a home birth and I didn't even know that home birth was an option. And so once she kind of shared with me what this option was, then I, I was like automatically intrigued and felt like I wanted to be a midwife. Okay. Um, so I met with a midwife and she kind of showed me and told me about doulas and before making the investment of becoming a midwife, um, she suggested, um, training as a doula. So I did that and I was just amazed and in awe at all the things that I learned in the process. Um, and so I felt like I wanted to maintain doula work for a longer period of time versus going to home birth because there were more women um, that believed and understood hospital births were the way that they were supposed to birth. So I knew that I would be able to affect more change mm -hmm. um, in more women and with more women um, being a doula versus automatically switching over to being a midwife. 
All right, that's good. Uh, once again, this is Dr. Philip Fletcher of the Humanity Matters Broadcast, and I'm here with the Ujima Network, a network of African-American doulas in central Arkansas, and we're talking about uh, health and pregnancy. And so as we're moving on, so talk to us about natural birth. What's the benefits of natural birth? Well, I'll, I'll jump in. Just, um, I mean, that was my experience with all three of my children. Um, I deeply believe and understand that our bodies were made to give birth. Um, I feel like birthing is a perfected art and it's a lost art in a lot of senses because um, the hospital institutions and the medical community sometimes takes over and, and blindsides women and makes them feel like their bodies aren't actually capable of this process and feels like somehow we're broken. Okay. But I feel like that addresses a larger issue um, in the fact that women are told or, or made to believe that their bodies are somehow deficient and or broken. Okay. Um, natural birth to me, and when we talk about natural birth, we need to kind of define specifically what we're talking about. We're talking about unmedicated vaginal delivery. Um, sometimes people think medicated vaginal delivery would fall under natural birth because the birth is coming through the vagina. Um, but unmedicated natural birth is kind of where my home base is um, when we're talking about this. So our bodies were absolutely made and designed to do this. And again, birth is an art that needs to be... Um, doesn't need perfection it's already perfected but it needs to be like linked arms with like you need to link arms with women and help them trust their intuition and what their bodies are actually capable of doing mm -hmm. healing is so much faster um, postpartum um, when you actually have an unmedicated labor your body bounces back and recovers better your baby is more alert and aware um, you know after having unmedicated vaginal delivery so there are a ton a host of benefits that come along with um, physiological or natural birth. Okay, all right. So, um, so help us understand what are some approaches to natural birth? I mean, is it, not, when people hear natural birth, are they like, oh, I get to do it in a hospital? Is there like, you know, different herbs going on? You know, what's going on with a natural birth? Do I get to go to a hospital? Talk to us about that. So you can go to a hospital okay. or you can have a birth at home and still right. have a natural birth in both of those settings. Okay. Um, if you are at the hospital, you're on a little more of a clock than okay. you would be at home. Right. Um, you have like a fewer options at a hospital birth than you do at a home birth. At a home okay. birth, you can basically have whatever you want. If you want the herbs, you can have the herbs. If you want to drink and eat and walk around, you can. But the thing that's similar with both of them is you're basically just letting your body do what it naturally does. So you are working through the labor pains. Um, you are, you know, still being yourself, trying to get rest when you can, um, which is the beauty of a natural birth. Like you're basically becoming in tune with your body and y'all are just working together with baby because baby's in charge to just, you know, usher that baby out. Okay. Well, that's interesting you said the baby's in charge. Can you elaborate on that? Well, because a lot of people think that like when you get a due date, that okay. that's when baby needs to be here. Well, your baby is in tune with your body. Okay. And they're doing what they need to do. Okay. So the baby is in charge because the baby is coming when the baby is ready. Um, your water is not going to break. You're not going to start the labor pains naturally until the baby is ready for that process to come. Okay. And 
there's no timeline. You can't say, hey, little person, come on out right now. They're going to do what they need. They're going to move how they need to move. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, yeah, we're just, the baby is in charge. The baby is in charge. Mm-hmm. So it's not hospitals. It's not doctors. It's It's the babies. baby. The baby is okay. in charge. All and right. then as a woman, you're in charge of your body. Okay. And that's how it should be. Okay. All right. Okay. I think that's good that y'all get that out there so that people can understand that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I want to zero in on uh, African-American women and their babies. In our discussion, I opened up with the uh, New York Times article. Once again, that's why America's black mothers and babies are in a life or death crisis. That's April uh, 2018 when this article came out. And in the article, they say this high blood pressure and cardiovascular disease are two of the leading causes of maternal death, according to the for disease control and prevention and hypertensive disorders in pregnancy, including preeclampsia have been on the rise over the past two decades, increasing 72% from 93 to 2014. A Department of Health and Human Services report last year found that preeclampsia and eclampsia, uh, seizures that develop after preeclampsia, are 60% more common in African-American women and also more severe. So I opened up with the article about the disparities uh, between black mothers and white mothers, uh, the loss of black babies in comparison to white babies, uh, even the, the differences in countries, all right? Um, in y'all experience, uh, what are you seeing uh, that needs to be addressed in order to reduce this gap so that black mothers are not lost uh, in pregnancy or post-pregnancy and black babies are not lost? Let's talk about that. That's a, 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 big, a big topic, but to narrow that down just a little bit, um, I would say the healthcare system ultimately, and this is kind of what we find from this article, um, has not tuned in or paid attention well enough to the concerns of black women. Um, you know, if we be honest, black women aren't, the system is not set up for us. Um, I think they're trying and maybe with these alarming statistics, it's like, oh, let's pay attention to some things that we've neglected for a long time. But I think we need to address this through, you know, I can go back to slavery. I mean, I think it has its roots in American slavery um, because you find that in other countries, the same statistics are different. So a woman in Africa um, with the diet that is, you know, available there doesn't have the same complications that a woman in the United States does. So some of that um, food that's readily available to us or has been and passed down from generation to generation can increase this um, preeclamptic situation, high blood pressure, diets maybe high in sodium, pork, and other things that cause some additional complications. But then when women complain about those things, um, their concerns are being dismissed. Um, and then not enough education and preparation on, hey, this is what we actually should be eating during pregnancy. I think there's a lot of uh, the mindset that um, during pregnancy, you can eat what you want to because you're eating for two. Mm-hmm. And that frees women up to feel like, I mean, I can eat this and I can do that. But the okay. reality is that's not actually the time to um, eat whatever you want and do okay. whatever you want because you're growing a whole human in your body. And so there's some responsibility that um, the women have. Okay. So specifically with African-American women... Uh, what is what you say like the top three or five things they need to pay attention to uh, in order to have uh, a healthy pregnancy 
healthy baby, healthy mama, so they can continue to enjoy life and their child can enjoy life. What would be those three or five things that you would tell that mother and father sitting across from you? I think I would first say just knowledge. Okay. Um, instead of looking at healthcare providers or even doulas to give that information to them, they need to be knowledgeable of the process of what's happening to their body okay. um, and their baby. So that's the first thing I would probably say. I would say the diet as okay. well. Um, like Nicole just talked about, like what we eat has a big effect on how our baby is growing, how our body is growing, and in turn, what kind of um, pregnant, I mean, birth that we have. Yeah. I would also add stress. Mm-hmm. Um, stress is a huge um, component in um, birth prematurities, um, increasing you know your health risk factors for lots of complications. Um, even colicky babies have, are a result of a mom's stress during pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think stress is is a huge thing, specifically for African American women. Um, there's a lot of there's systemic stress. There's um, like under the current stress and anxiety that there's just all of this social pressure that is coming and, and bearing the the weight of the world. So stress is a huge, huge thing um, within um, the black community. Okay. Support. Yeah. I think that's a big okay. one. You need support, not just when it's time to push a baby out. Right. Um, during your pregnancy, women need that support as well. Um, labor and birth, they need it. And even postpartum, like sometimes, you know, a mom has a baby and then she's left alone with this baby, which can even lead to like the postpartum depression and things like that. So support is a really big one too. Okay, all right, good. Um, The number one thing I would probably tell a mother sitting across from me right now is to do your own research and never stop digging and question everything. Okay. That's that's about it. All right. And with that, Know what is in your chart mm-hmm. at the hospital. If you are birthing at a hospital, um, you know, the, the doctor says, oh, your blood pressure is fine. Know what fine actually is. Okay. So be informed. Mm-hmm. Kind of what um, Amber and Shai are saying. Educate yourself. But don't just take, um, you know, everything's fine as it's really fine. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sounds good. That's Dr. Philip Fletcher once again with the Humanity Matters broadcast and with the Ujima Network as we're discussing uh, health and pregnancy and African-American women and their babies. And we're about to transition now uh, to talk about the Ujima uh, Network. And so I want you guys to talk to us about Ujima. So um, Ujima Maternity Network mm-hmm. is about, um, it's, it's a uh, a principle of Kwanzaa. It's the third principle that um, is presented in the Kwanzaa celebration. Okay. Um, and it, it basically is uh, collective work and responsibility. Okay. So it's basically taking the problems that my brother and sister, owning them as my own, and then together we solve them. You know, we come up with solutions. So we talked about just a little while ago, like the the problems mm-hmm. that exist in um, basically black maternal care are. <laughs> we were going to try to pass that along, but that didn't work. But that's okay. <laughs> yeah. But so the, yeah, so just, just the statistics that you were talking about, yeah. like the increased death rate, um, yeah. the maternal mortality is the issue. And so Ujima is here mm-hmm. to help address that and decrease those statistics um, amongst 
black women okay. um, in the areas that we can affect change in. Okay. So how big is this Ujima maternity network? I mean, is it so we're 100 of y'all? Is it... <laughs> Right Four now, we y'all. Have a board of directors. Okay. And it's nine of us. Nine of you. Um, okay. All right. I feel like we're doing a good job at kind of reaching the community, just kind of through the internet right now. Okay. Um, we plan on Ujima being really big and okay. just kind of spread that awareness everywhere we can. Where y'all look? Where? We're Central Arkansas. Central Arkansas. Mm-hmm. So, which cities? So Little Rock, Conway is okay. basically where we are, and okay. we're trying to like focus in on Little Rock because I think that's more of our demographic, the Black women. Okay. All right, sounds good. Um, so, what do you guys have planned for this year? It's coming up. Anything? Man, we're really just trying to refine and define like who we are and what we can present to the community mm-hmm. um, as best as best we can. You know, okay. with excellence. So part of that takes time, Um, sitting around the table and working out the details for what are the issues that we see that we're actually seeing in this area. So Mm -hmm. some of the statistics we talked about are on a grander scale, kind of um, in the U.S., but now we're like, what's happening in Arkansas? Mm -hmm. What's happening in central Arkansas? And how can uh, Ujima come alongside these women um, to make a change, whether it's the care providers and providing more information more research, more resources mm-hmm. for them okay. um, to then direct their patients to, or is it um, and or you know with the community of women and and providing that support, that network, and that opportunity for them to feel like oh empowered, I can make a change. I I need to know da 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 like this list of things. So we're working building um, through this process this okay. year. We've got some things kind of on the horizon that are stirring in the pot. And so we'll definitely let you know as those things come up. Um, What we're working on. All right. Sounds good. Yeah. So how can uh, families get in contact with you women? So (laughs) we have a Facebook page. You can find us at Ujima Maternity Network. Um, We have an Instagram. How do you spell Ujima? Some people may not. U-J-I-M-A. Okay. And it's pronounced Ujima. Yes. Ujima. Ujima. Okay. All right. (laughs) All right. And our Instagram is Ujima Maternity. Okay. Ujima Maternity. Mm -hmm. And we also have an email that you can contact us at. It's Ujima Maternity at gmail.com. Okay. And that is all we have for now. All right. So once again, that's Ujima Maternity Network. Network Network at gmail.com. Is that right? Is that the email? Oh. No. <laughs> Ujima Maternity Network okay. on Facebook. Okay. All right. And then the rest is just Ujima Maternity. At gmail.com. Yes. Oh, okay. All and right. for Instagram. All right. Ujima Sounds Maternity. good. All right. Good deal. Ladies, anything else y'all want to add before we uh, shoot out of here? Um, I just want to say for us that this whole movement that we're starting is just for the community, for the black community. Um we as a group see that there's an issue and we are really just trying to do our part um so women can feel heard valued understood and empowered when it comes to their maternal health okay nice all right good well thank you ladies uh this has been humanity matters discussing reflecting on theology philosophy leadership and nonprofits, where we seek to answer the question what does it mean to be human for more information you can visit our website philipfletcher.org Like us on YouTube at Humanity Matters. Subscribe to the podcast and find us on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. And remember, if we remember to live in hope, 
we can do the impossible. Take care. God bless. This has been Humanity Matters, where we discuss and reflect on theology, philosophy, nonprofit leadership, and social justice. For more information, visit our website, philipfletcher.org, like us on YouTube at Humanity Matters, or subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. If we remember to live in hope, we can do the impossible.